Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. I'm really excited to have Phil Drysdale back with us. Most of you got to hear him a week ago, and we're back again to talk some more. I won't give you his introduction again. You can check that out last week, but I I know if you heard us last week that you really enjoyed hearing him, and he's doing some amazing things all over the world. And Phil, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Me too. Phil, you have a course called The Grace Course, and you're helping people literally all over the world on a day-to-day basis through that. Give us a little idea of how that works and how you can help people and what it's all about. Sure. Well, initially, the idea was I was going to set up a, like this perfect you know, cookie-cutter course where you know, you've got a topic, like you can look at specific Bible ch- chapters or books, you know, let's go work through Romans through a lens of grace. And okay, now let's look at faith through a lens of grace. So let's look at sin or let's look at this topic. And it kind of got away from me, to be honest with you. So now it's, it's basically this very diverse, complex um, mixture of teachings on basically anything and everything um, in all sorts of different directions. There's no clear cut way of where to start and where to end. You just follow where you feel led. You know, what are you interested in? It's kind of one of those now. And everything on there is completely free. I've always had a heart to do that. I, I, I come from very poor backgrounds, so I don't mind that people sell things, but I, I do know what it's like to be very poor and not have access to some of those things. And so for me, I wanted to create a resource on everything and anything. And, and, and the more that I've grown in my journey, the more I've realized things aren't black and white very often, generally speaking. As we grow in life and we age and we get through more life experience, we learn a lot of the things we took for granted as black and white are probably a little bit more gray than we thought. And there's probably a little bit of the white bit that you like and a bit of the black bit that you like as well. And there's also some stuff in each of them that you don't like, but you have to accept as well sometimes. And it's quite like this with our theology as well. I think sometimes we can be very dualistic. You know, there's the wrong view and the right view. And the Grace Course, well, it has some of that where I'm going to teach you some what I think is very clear truth that needs to be kind of laid out. A lot of it as well is going to lay out multiple views and look at things that while some of us are taught, these are very black and white topics. So something like maybe the afterlife. Well, the afterlife looks like this. If you do this, then this will happen. If you don't do this, then this will happen. And that's what everyone believes in. And that's the truth. And it's always been the truth. And then you actually start to look at that. You go, that's not true at all. There's been loads of different views on the afterlife for basically the entire existence of Christianity and for Judaism. And actually for a good portion of Judaism, they didn't even believe in an afterlife. You know? Right. And so you start to look at these things and you start to realize, wow, there's lots of different views. And so my heart is not to tell people what to believe. I'm a real believer in the Holy Spirit leading people and taking them on a journey. I really believe it when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will lead you into truth. I'm so glad that's not my job. 
Boy, me too. Seriously, right? People would be in big trouble if that was my job. <laughs> and so my, my heart is to yeah. lay out multiple views and, and explain like why different people believe different things, how it's articulated from the Bible, from church tradition. And so something like hell, I'll lay out the main views and what the pros and cons are as I see them and allow people to kind of make their own decisions, kind of like figure out where they're at. And I'll give access to then other resources. Hey, read these different books if you're interested in exploring this particular view or go check out this YouTube series if you want to check out that view. um, And so that's really the heart of the Grace Course. It's not about learning the black and whites. I think a lot of people go in wanting to learn black and whites and come out with more questions. (laughs) Um, But that's my heart is to give people options and, and give people room to explore their faith, which I don't think is a very common thing in a lot of our backgrounds as Christians. We were taught life is black and white and here's the truth. And don't you dare ask any questions because to be honest with you, I'm quite scared of some of these answers because there are right. other options. Yeah. Boy, the, the Lord really spoke to me about that one time and, and said, Paul, how arrogant to think that your job is to try to convince people to believe like you do. Yeah. Let's just help people hear from the Holy Spirit in them. And that takes all the pressure off, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. And also, you think about the things that you believe in the past. So I just go back five years or 10 years and think about some of the things I believed. And I go, oh, my gosh, if I managed to convince everyone to believe like that, me today would be worried they'd all be completely wrong. And so. Well, what will I think in 10 years? I'll probably look at my mo- myself right now and go, oh my gosh, I taught everyone the wrong thing anyway. So I'd much rather just give people options, trying to give people access sure. to things and, 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 and go with them on that journey. I think a lot yeah. of it involves kind of pastoring people with it as well, talking oh, yeah. through it, talking about the fears and the, and, the, and the worries that come up, but also the excitement and the opportunity that comes up. So many people get excited when they realize there's more options. You know, oh, I'm man, that kind of person. <laughs> but a lot of people get scared as well. So. Well, they do. I've changed my uh, preaching style a lot. In you know, I, I used to do a 40, 45-minute message. Now I, what I'll do is when I put my message together, I'll come up with four or five different main points, and then I'll talk for five, six, seven minutes on one of them. And then I'll just say, okay, what are you guys thinking? What questions do you have? Mm. And the group that we have that's been with us for quite a while now, they talk right away and they'll throw out and they're not afraid to challenge me or say, well, uh, I don't know about that, Paul, or whatever. Sometimes that's the the only point we get to. We don't ever get to any others. Mm. And um, I so much more appreciate and like that and, and having a discussion thing rather than a talking head speaking to the people the whole time, at least for me. I'm not saying anybody else should do that, but for me, it really works a lot better to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's discourse. That's how yeah. the early communities operated as well. We, we know this yeah. from the early first and second century churches. They operated like this. When you read, you know, Paul gave a sermon or Jesus gave a sermon, you might read his points that he made, but this was in a discussion. It wasn't just him like giving a clear cut, maybe aside from when he was in Greece and giving his kind of big philosophical discourses and, and he was being seen as one of the philosophers yeah. giving a speech. Yeah. Aside from that, generally speaking, he's going into people's homes and you're having discussions. And when you read his sermon, it's basically the points he made, but that would have yeah. been broken up constantly. Jesus' Sermon of the Mount, it's been pieced together yeah. based on discussions he was probably having with the crowds. You know, they'd have been going, well, what about Matthew? You know, where it says in Isaiah, this and oh you know you can't say that that's heres- heresy and he'd be like well no actually it's like this yeah and i think that's a beautiful model it, mm-hmm. it, i know for me i don't do sermons really anymore i only really i do q a uh, but even then i usually give the opportunity for other people to answer not just for me mm-hmm. um or i do discussions i pick a topic or allow people to pick a topic and we yeah. just discuss because 
I want to learn. Yeah, me too. Who am I to think I'm the person that has all the answers? And realistically, I'm going into this community in Georgia or Germany or, you know, wherever. I go into this community. I'm like, wow, I have the opportunity to learn from these people. I'm a bit selfish, really. I know they've they've asked me to come to speak to them, but we're definitely going to have a bit of give and take. Oh, I love um, that too. Because I can learn so much. Yeah, me too. Uh, a few years ago, I had kept all of my typed out sermons, you know, and so we got together one evening to have a, well, we call it a weenie roast where we roast hot dogs or frankfurters, you know, and so we got a 55-gallon mm-hmm. barrel and, you know, we filled it up with uh, some wood and uh, lighter fluid and stuff and I burnt all my sermons up and we roasted the hot dogs over there, so, so I burned them all up. And at the time, I thought, boy, this is a really cool thing to do. Well, now today... When we go to the supermarkets and we can't get toilet paper, I'm thinking, oh, man, I wish I'd have saved <laughs> all of those. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't, that, that doesn't feel good, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. But <laughs> that's, that's some dire, dire straits uh, when it comes to that point. <laughs> well, okay. So... I would guess then in your interactions with people, primarily what you get most of is are questions, right? From people taking your course and different things. And Absolutely. I mean, I, my day is day in, day out, probably at least four or five hours talking with people. And so I'd like it to be other things like study and you know creating materials and things like that. But that's actually a very small part of what I get to do a lot of the time because I, I am, I'm helping people process this stuff. And it's a journey, you know, people, everyone's different. People can respond in, to these things in very different ways. And, and people are in different life situations. You know, I was just talking today to a pastor and he's a pastor. He's been a pastor for, I think he was saying 13 years straight out of high school. He's been kind of devolving in his faith and kind of like not unsure where he even stands anymore. He's got a two-year-old son. This pandemic stuff's going on. So he, he was looking at moving out of Christian ministry and getting a regular, quote unquote, regular, normal, you know, non-ministry-based job, which is hard to do when all your qualifications are in this, all your experience are in this. And that's hard to do anyway. But then when the pandemic hit, he's like, no one's suddenly hiring at all. And so he's going, how do I, you know, this, so it's not just, we're trying to figure out some theological answer. This has real ramifications. This is like, how do I process this? What do I do with this? You know, I talked to some teenagers that are in a home and they have changed how they believe, but for them to be vocal about that results in them literally literally no exaggeration being on the street and i've talked to teenagers that are talking to me on their phone that are living on the street because they came out believing something quite different from their very fundamental parents really and so the spectrum of how this can affect people and then you've got people like me and i'm just gleefully turning the page of the bible going what can i change my mind on you know how can i grow how can i develop so this is and the ramifications for me are less. Now, the ramifications for me years ago were quite severe. You know, I was doing about 200 meetings a year, traveling all over the world, speaking in all sorts of different conferences and churches. Do you know how many conferences and churches I do now? Like maybe a couple a year. Most of my groups are groups in people's homes, people that have come out of Christianity or what they would, what most people would label as what Christianity can look like. They would still be followers of Jesus, but they wouldn't even want to associate with Christianity. You know? My associations have not kept up, so <laughs> to speak. And that's had massive implications on things like, I've always done everything for free anyway, but when you're doing 200 meetings a year, you know, generally speaking, a lot of people give you some gifts mm-hmm. here and there. It covers the flights. It covers different things. And you come out in the positive. Well, now I make basically nothing when I travel. More often than not, I pay to travel to meet a small community and they can't afford to give anything. 
So I'm flying to America and coming back with nothing. So how do you support yourself and your wife? Thankfully, my wife, she works as a tutor. So we make a little bit of money doing that, uh, a tutor to kids about seven to 11. And generally speaking, people are generous. People love to, to support what I'm doing on the whole. And so we're, we're not making a lot of money, but we make enough to be content and happy. And I've done that all. I've done being very, very well off and making a lot of money when I ran my own business and I ran my own business in the oil industry and I made a lot of money and I've done no money at all. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just as happy making no money. In fact, I'm probably happier. I'm freer. I don't have anyone. The, the beauty of not working for a paycheck, you know, one of the things I've seen when I travel is you get to talk to other people that travel for a living. And what you find is people that travel for a living you know, they travel so they can pay their kids to college. They travel so they can pay the mortgage. They travel so they can go home and feed their kids. They do think twice about what they say a lot of the time. And I don't have that. Uh-huh. I don't have to think twice about what I'm going to say. Now, I do think twice about what I'm going to say for the sake of loving people so I don't hurt them or cause them undue stress and strain. You know, in the last podcast, we talked about pushing people further than they're ready to go, you know? Um, and I've, I've no interest in doing that and causing people turmoil. But I do think there's a wisdom to not tying my communication of the gospel to getting a paycheck. I think that is one thing that I think a lot of pastors and and different people like that, they're they're tied to, they have to present a specific message if they want to take home a paycheck this month. Now, most of them would say, that's not really like that. I'm sure it wouldn't. But but you talk to these pastors in back rooms, you know, doing 200 meetings a year, I met with a lot of pastors and sat around lunch tables with pastors and their families Mm -hmm. a lot. A lot of them will sell out on certain beliefs every time. That's exactly right. And I have pastor friends and some of my, the other people uh, that are doing what we're doing tell me that they have people all the time that uh, say, you know, I believe what you're saying and what you're teaching and stuff. But if I said this in my church, you know, I'd be out of a job. And, you know, several of us have, and our church is uh, (laughs) much uh, smaller in size. I fortunately or unfortunately, since we started the church and it was a non-denominational church, people left us rather than them making me leave. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, different. But I, I really feel for uh, guys that are in uh, denominational settings that, like you said, boy, they, you know, hey, I, this is my paycheck. This is my retirement, uh, all of these things. And it, it can be very hard. And it's really easy for people from the outside to look at that and go, oh, look at these people. You know, they're, they're terrible people teaching stuff they don't believe or not being genuine or authentic. And the truth is, most of us, if push came to shove, if it meant our family wouldn't be living in a home or getting fed this week, we'd probably draw some lines much further than where we would think we would, you know. And yeah. um, it's not as simple. You know? it's no, really, it's not. It's a complex world dealing with a lot of these processes. And so the, the point in all of that, going back to the original point, was that when you're having these conversations with people, they don't have people they can talk to. There's someone like that pastor or someone like that teenage kid. Yeah. They don't have people they can process this with. Right. Most Christians, if they're going through something and they're going through some sort of problem, they can go to their pastor and talk about it. But when your issue is, the church and the pastor. I <laughs> know no, it's not the pastor yeah, and the church, yeah. but you know, this group organization that says that you have to believe a certain thing. When your question is, I don't know if I believe that anymore, you can't go and talk to your friends at church. You can't go and talk to the pastor. Maybe there's a couple you think, oh, I could probably talk about it here or there, but but it's gonna get out and maybe, oh, I'm not sure. So I think people really are looking for people that are able to pastor them through this. I think there's a huge need in the body of Christ mm-hmm. of those that have left 
institutional churches or maybe are in slightly different churches, maybe mm-hmm. home churches, non-denominational churches. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I don't want to paint too broad strokes, right. but generally speaking, there's a big need. Do you know that's 2,700 people every day in America leave the church? 2,700. Now, of those 2,700 people every day, this is more than 3.4 million people a year leave the church. 2,700 people leave, 79% say they still believe in Jesus. Wow. Now, most people are then categorized as non-Christian when they leave. Mm -hmm. That's how they're categorized and just dumped in the corner. That's not what's happening. And these people are then left. They're they're labeled by their church as backslidden, you know, uh, atheists, you know, agnostic. They don't believe anymore. They're weak faith. They were never saved anyway, really. Like, you know, maybe they just were wolves and sheep clothing. All sorts of terrible things we say when actually what these people are desperate for is for someone to sit down and go, tell me your journey. What's going on? Why are you moving in this direction? And And what they would find is actually a very rich and deep faith. There's actually a progression and growth of faith in a lot of these people. Now, a lot of people are, quote unquote, backsliding, whatever that means. (laughs) A lot of people are going, ah, sack this, I'm out. And and to be honest with you, I don't blame them, given some of the the kind of churches they come from and the kind of Christianity they've been presented with. But a huge portion of them are intentionally moving forward in their spiritual growth and journey. And so I think there's a great need for people to come alongside this group of people. Well, there is. And I'm so grateful that that's what you're doing and others are. And man, I am so grateful for technology and for the internet. Absolutely. When I started on this journey about 11 years ago, I, I got one book in the mail that I don't uh, know who sent it to me or why, but it started me on this journey. And uh, I thought I was the only one. I, you know, I didn't know anybody else. Uh, who yeah. believe this way. And then, you know, and then I started connecting with uh, some different people. But boy, what a feeling that is when you, you know, am I crazy? Am I the only one that feels yeah. this? You know, what's going to, what if I'm wrong? And But uh, now we can connect, you can connect with people, yeah. you can help them all the time. And what a wonderful thing that that is. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, you look at those 2,700 people, if 79%, 78% of those people are still tracking with some sort of faith. So you're looking at probably more than 2,000 people every day leave the church in America and then are growing and developing. But the problem is, where do you go to be around other people like that? There's no church for people that don't do church. Right. <laughs> you know? There probably is a couple, but they're not common. You know, if, if you leave being a Baptist and become a charismatic, you can go to the charismatic church. You know where to go. Sure. You know, stop going to the Baptist church and go to the charismatic church right. or, or vice versa. Right. But when you go, oh, I'm done with this kind of Christianity and I'm on this new journey, it feels utterly alone. The truth is, you know, the, those kind of numbers, there's probably about 20 people on your street that have done that. <laughs> you just don't know them. I and mean, yeah. where, where do you meet them? And, and so I think there's a great need as well for communities of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one of the biggest things I hear is people, they can no longer kind of fit in in a community yeah. of believers from where they came, but there is no community of believers for where they're going that they know of. Yeah. And it's finding those communities online is, I mean, it's an amazing resource, but it's not the same. No. Being in a Facebook group is not the same as sitting at a pub with four or five friends, laughing your head off and crying together. You know, the whole range of life experiences. There's nothing yeah. quite like that. That's kind of what C.S. Um, Lewis and his friends did, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, you may yeah. go to the same pub that he went to. <laughs> 
some point, I, I think I've been actually. I, there's a, a town um, that him and a lot of his friends hung out in in Cambridge, and and, and yeah, there's the, the pub that they're famous for going to. Yeah, um, everything's just overpriced. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I recommend it. <laughs> the, the beer's still the same in the next pub. Over. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing here in our city of about a hundred thousand, and encouraging around the country is just to connect small groups of people, meet in homes, or you know, we call them bars here instead of, uh, you know, and uh, just to uh, encourage one another to ask questions and to be able to connect with people like you and others online to get, you know, some direction and some questions answered and things like that. And what a movement of this that's happening all over the world right now. I mean, it's just a, wow, it's an exciting time. I think when part of what Jesus meant when he said, you know, you're going to do greater things than me, I think part of what he meant is you're going to be able to connect with a lot more people all over the world than he could do limiting himself to one person and in a time when there was yeah. no travel and that kind of stuff. And uh, it, it, it's a Absolutely. very exciting time. Well, speaking of time, uh, we've, we've, <laughs> we've blown by this again. Phil, I so appreciate you taking the time to do this. I appreciate your heart and, and what you're doing to help people. And as we get ready to finish up again, tell people again how they can find you, how they can connect with you, and if they're if they're so inclined and so led, how they can support what you're doing. Sure. Well, like I said in the last one, the best place to come and meet me is on Instagram, Phil Drysdale, P-H-I-L-D-R-Y-S-D-A-L-E. I'm always paranoid I'm going to spell my name wrong. <laughs> but um, Instagram is the best place. Shoot me a message on there. If you're not on Instagram, I know it's not the best platform for everyone. Facebook is probably the next best. It's just Phil Drysdale Ministries um, at Facebook. You can send me emails. You can connect with me on any of the other social media you find me on, but those are the two best ones for sure. The Grace Course, we mentioned earlier, lots and lots of resources on there. While everything on there is free, people can sign up and support me on a monthly basis if they want to. It's just a donation of their choosing. And so if people want to, they can do that, but there's never any pressure of that at all. Um, Like I said, we're, we're very content and we get by just fine. But yeah, I've absolutely loved doing these podcasts with you, Paul. It's been a, it's a real privilege. It's been a joy to finally get to meet as well. We've been chatting for so long. So yeah, no, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're bringing to this world. And, uh, and thank you for the opportunity to share. Well, thank you as well. And I hope that when things change and you come back to the United States, you'll be able to come to the middle of the country or I can go where you are and or we can meet somewhere in between and, and continue this. So thank you, my to- friend. Blessings to your wife and continued blessings on what you're doing. And I look forward to connecting with you again. Absolutely. And thanks, everybody, for being with us for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.